0: This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 553, How to Complain Less, by Joshua Becker of becomingminimalist.com, and I'm Justin Mollick. Happy Friday, welcome back, or welcome for the first time if you're new here. This is where I read to you every single day to help you live a more meaningful life, covering personal development and minimalism mostly, from some of the best blogs you can find with their permission. And today's author is Joshua Becker, one of the most well-known minimalists. But this one's not about minimalism, it's about complaining less. Well, I guess you could say that's minimizing complaining, so kind of minimalism, but not really. All right, let's get right to the post and start optimizing your life. How to complain less by Joshua Becker of becomingminimalist.com. Quote, you can complain because roses have thorns or you can rejoice because thorns have roses. Tom Wilson. Life is not perfect. It never has been and never will be. This is not bad news. In fact, once we begin to embrace this reality, we welcome a great number of possibilities. Life is never perfect. We know this to be true. Why then do we continue to complain about its imperfections? We complain about the weather, the traffic, and the weeds in our yard. We complain about tight clothing, misplaced keys, late airplanes, and the price of gasoline. We complain about our jobs or our lack of jobs. We complain about nosy neighbors, crying babies, ungrateful teenagers, and lazy spouses. We have become a society too quick to complain. Complaining is almost never a positive reaction to our circumstance. There are times, of course, when notifying someone of an injustice is good and proper, but most of the time, we express feelings of pain, dissatisfaction, or resentment simply because it is our natural response. But this response ought to be reconsidered in our lives because it is rarely healthy. In fact, there are many negative outcomes to this reaction. Complaining feeds and breeds a negative response. Additionally, number one, it fosters a negative attitude. Complaining draws our attention to the negative aspects and circumstance around us, and focusing on the negatives always brings about greater negativity. Complaining never results in joy. It only sinks us deeper into our misery. Number two, it negatively impacts those around us. Complaints spread negativity. By focusing on and drawing attention to the problems and discomforts around us, we direct other people towards it too. Misery loves company. Number three, it doesn't change our circumstance. Taking action does, but complaining words by themselves do not. Number four, it disqualifies the value of discomfort in our lives. Discomfort, both physical and emotional, can have profound benefit for our lives. There are countless life lessons that can only be learned by embracing discomfort patience, and perseverance, just to mention a few. Become okay with discomfort. You'll be glad you did. Number five, it is highly unattractive. It is unenjoyable to spend time around people who constantly highlight the negatives. And not only unattractive, the self-centered emphasis of complaining can be annoying as well. Number six, it leaves us in victim mode. One of the greatest obstacles to lasting change is blame, and complaining finds its foundation almost entirely in blame. On the other hand, there are numerous benefits to complaining less. It shifts our focus to the positive. It allows gratitude to take root, and cheerfulness can be an excellent beautifier. How then might we begin to overcome the habit of complaining? First, admit lifestyle changes can take time, and then consider adopting some of these helpful steps. How to complain less? Number one, consider the importance of adopting the change. Many of us complain only because we have never considered the alternative. We've never been alerted to its harmful effects, both in us and around us. We never consider there may be a better way. But when given the choice, most of us would prefer to give life rather than drain life with our words. Determined to do just that. Number two, embrace the recognition of an imperfect world. Life is not always going to serve up what we will like or even expect at every turn. There will be trouble, trial, and pain. Again, this is okay. And the sooner we stop holding out for a world that revolves around us, the sooner we can embrace the fact that our contribution is far more needed than our pleasure. Discomfort should not surprise us and we are not the only ones experiencing it. Number three, understand the difference between helpful criticism and complaint. There are times when it is entirely appropriate to raise attention to a wrong being committed. This can be helpful and should never be discouraged. Decipher if the situation can and should be resolved. If not, there's a good chance our complaints have no real interest in dialogue, problem-solving, or human connection. And in that case, they should be avoided. Number four, be mindful of your audience. Are you speaking to someone who can help solve the problem or has a vested interest in bringing about a resolution? If so, use problem-solving language. If not, tread lightly. If you must continue, preface your complaint with impact-reducing language. For example, beginning with, can I just vent for a minute or two? Maybe all you need to orient yourself and your listener towards your purpose and be helpful in reminding yourself to keep it brief. Number five, avoid beginning conversations with a complaint. Take notice of how often we initiate conversations with a complaint. Oftentimes, even subconsciously, this tactic is used because it garners a heightened response. Remove it from your arsenal and try spreading some cheer with your opening line instead. Number six, refuse to complain for the sake of validation. Sometimes our complaints are used to validate our worth to others. I'm so busy is a good example. We often say it as a means to subtly communicate our importance. Don't seek to impress others with your complaints. That strategy won't gain you any friends in the long run anyway. Number seven, notice your triggers. Is there a specific time period of the day you tend to complain more than others? morning, evening, or late afternoon, when your spouse is home, when you are drinking coffee or lunch with your friends, maybe just around the water cooler with your coworkers. Take notice, then avoid triggers if possible. If they cannot be avoided, make a point to be extra vigilant when you see them arise. Number eight, embrace the idea of experimentation. Setting a goal of never ever complaining again may be counterproductive. Instead, try designating a short period of time where you can be particularly mindful. For example, decide to go just one day without complaining. This shorter time period will allow you to concentrate more fully on your goal. The shortened experimental time frame will foster increased sensitivity. Mindless complaining serves little purpose in our lives. It fosters displeasure, spreads negativity, and sparks conflict. We live happier without it. Moving forward, let's recognize and embrace the positive instead. You just listened to the post titled How to Complain Less by Joshua Becker of becomingminimalist.com. We've heard from a lot of amazing people on this podcast, but if you're like me, you wanna go deeper. So where can you go to learn from the most remarkable people? That's Masterclass. Masterclass offers unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with over 180 world-class instructors, plus every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month. Like John Kabat-Zins, he's a mindfulness expert who teaches you how to incorporate meditation into your everyday life. I've loved his class. It's really helped me to hone my meditation skills, especially when I'm out and experience stressful situations and don't have the time or space to have a proper meditation session. I feel that thanks to his class, I've really been able to stay more composed no matter what's happening. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash old. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash old, masterclass.com slash old. I definitely like the idea of experimenting and trying to go one day without it and seeing how you do. The hardest part is really remembering and paying attention so that you catch yourself complaining. It's like a meditative practice in that sense, good for focus too. But if you're good at that part and catching yourself complaining, you can try wearing a rubber band and snapping yourself. That could be painful. The other method I've heard is to simply wear something like that, like a rubber band or bracelet or whatever, and then move it to the other wrist when you catch yourself. That just gives you an action and helps solidify the practice. It works for a lot of people. Try it out and let me know if you're able to do it. The best place to get a hold of me is in my Facebook group. That's oldpodcast.com slash Facebook. Or you can search for Optimal Living Daily Podcast in Facebook and request access to join. And then I'll add you. And I think that does it for today. Have a happy Friday and I'll catch you over the weekend where your optimal life awaits. Hey, this is Dan from the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast, which is a lot like this show, except more focused on personal finance.